Thank you for listening to this talk produced by the Art Gallery of South Australia. Welcome everybody to the Art Gallery. Thank you for coming out. I'm Annika Williams and I'm the Public Programs Coordinator here. And we're very lucky today to have Fiona Salmon, who is the Director of the Flinders University Museum and Art Gallery. And some of you might remember it used to be over in the library, underneath the library. And now where are you? At Bedford Park, down at the university down there. Yeah. So Fiona also used to work at Manangrida Art Centre, so she knows a lot about these artists that are in this room. So we're very lucky for her to come and tell us a little bit more about this display. So please make Fiona welcome. Thank you, Annika. Thanks, Annika. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. And I wanted to start by acknowledging that we are, of course, meeting on Ghana country. And I want to pay my respects to Ghana elders past, present and emerging. I also want to take this opportunity to congratulate Nikki Cumston and the extraordinary Tanandi team who have just spoiled us again with this extraordinary exhibition. And I'm absolutely delighted to be able to um, speak today a little bit about Lena Yarankura's practice and also um, her work with Bob Budawal, her husband, and Yolanda Rostron, their daughter. But I thought what I would do in the first instance is just set the scene a little bit with where these artists are from and just, I suppose, point out that this, this display of Lena, Bob and Yolanda's work is one of two really from the top end as we can call it. The other exhibit of course in the exhibition is the work from Mill and Gimby and you will find in that uh, beautiful exhibition the conical shaped baskets or dilly bags that you can see in that installation use in, in, in many ways some of the same materials but they're also quite distinct works and I'll draw some attention to that as I go along. As Annika mentioned, I did uh, work in a previous life in Manangrida. Uh, Manangrida is located in a central Arnhem land on the coast, quite a distance from, from a major, the, first, the closest major city is Darwin. It is known really as one of the largest and I suppose most thriving and active art centres um, in Arnhem land. It was established in the 1970s when the federal government first started to support these art centres in remote locations and uh, started trading around 1972. So Manangrida Arts and Culture services about nine different language groups and Lena is a Gune speaker and Gune is an interesting language in that it is a part of a dialect chain. So you might remember that a couple of years ago we hosted the exhibition by John Mawanjul. John Mawanjul is a Guningu speaker. A Guningu is related to Gune as it is to Gunwingo and Gunjaitmi. So they are part of a linguistic chain which is referred to by linguists as Binin Gunwok. Bob Budawal, Lena's husband and collaborator, is a Rembaranga speaker. Um, so that is a completely separate language. But uh, as is the case in Manangrida, people are multilingual and Bob tends to communicate with Lena in Gune. So there's this huge linguistic diversity in Manangrida. And in fact, 
it was referred to and possibly is still referred to as the New York of Arnhem Land because of this kind of cultural melting pot. Now Bob and Lena, they don't live in Manangrita itself. Manangrita, as I mentioned, is a coastal community. They live on their outstation at Boltjam. And Boltjam is about 50 kilometres southwest of Manangrita and it's situated on what is um, what has been called by Europeans the Cadell River. So the Cadell River is one of many massive rivers that flow off the escarpment and out to the sea to the north. So Boltjam and Burugaru, they're two outstations on country that belongs to Lena and extended family. So the area is actually a floodplain and obviously very rich in forest, I suppose, or jungle, as it's sometimes called by Lena, and is also rich and fertile in terms of its natural plants and animals. So the works that you can see here today have all been made from natural fibres and ochres that have been collected by Bob and Lena on their clan estate. So before I talk to this particular work, and I suppose the talk will focus more on Lena than Bob and Yolanda, but of course everybody is connected through this work. But Lena was born in 1961, and she learned to weave and make um, customary baskets from her mother, Lena Jamaraiku, who was a well-known and well-established basket maker when, when I was living and working in Manangrida. And she, you know, became very adept as a weaver and made those traditional forms initially, if you like, as an apprentice to her mother. Now, in the um, Museum of Contemporary Art in Sydney, there's a large um, body of Lena's work, which is part of a Manangrida collection that's held in trust by the MCA in partnership with the Manangrida community. And when I looked on that this morning, I was reminded also of Lena's beautiful work that she produced, sort of focused on regalia and body adornment. So very beautiful woven string necklaces, um, armbands, also dancing ornaments, and particularly dancing belts. So I remember distinctly that she was very proficient in making these belts or skirts, as they were called, and they were crafted from a uh, bark, a stringy bark, and painted in ochres, a little bit in the same way that you can see these figures painted up, and then adorned with um, wax and, and feathers. And one of the things that I think has distinguished Lena's practice, certainly early on, was her use of feathers in those baskets and um, body adornments. And then, uh, I suppose, uh, she took a turn in her practice. And in, towards the end of the 1980s, she shifted from what were, I suppose, traditional forms of basketry into the making of three-dimensional forms. So she would make, or using the twining technique that you use in basket making and stuffing her forms with scrunched up paper bark, she would create these very quirky 
little figures, in, and particularly camp dogs, which were a, a favourite. The dog theme um, is recurring in Lena's work, although surprisingly there's not a single dog in this installation. Um, dogs, quolls, um, bandicoots and bush mice, beautiful little um, creatures, each with their distinct personalities. And it was, if you like, the birth of a sort of a new idiom of, of basket making. In 1997, Lena really cemented her kind of reputation for this new new approach to working and as a kind of an innovator and groundbreaking pioneer in that she won the 3D section of the Telstra Art Award. So that was in 1997 with a display of five enormous yauk yauk figures so like the smaller animals that she had been making, these yauk yauk were large. They used the same stitching methods and the same techniques of being stuffed with paper bark, but they were large, I suppose, rotund and commanding figures that really took everybody completely by surprise. And they were very, you know, very, very beautiful and unexpected works to come out of central Arnhem Land. So at that point, Lena really became um, very well known for these, these large-scale installations that she had been very interested in making. As she continued to make the smaller works, they proved to be very, very uh, strong sellers through the art centre, so to speak, and she couldn't keep up with making the dogs and the quolls and the bandicoots because as soon as she made them, they would be sold immediately through the art centre. But in a way, the, the installation that we can see here is, is a little bit different again in that she hasn't specifically used that twining technique in the creation of the figures and the works. These, these particular figures are made of a um, bundled paperback. Like a, there's, a, there's a paperback core within these works and then they are wrapped with the string and then obviously painted up with the ochres. Now this technique, I mean, is, is definitely an invention of, of Lena and Bob, but I have seen these bundled up paperback sticks, if you like, um, used out bush for lighting fires. So that, that idea of bundling and binding is a practice that certainly was um, in existence um, prior to kind of using the, this practice to make the figurative forms. So this, this particular installation, and it's come all interconnected, relates to a story about the sun. And there are precursors to these kind of installations. And in fact, before Lena won the prize in 1997 for her Yauk Yauk figures, in Darwin, she, she and Bob won that same prize in 1994 for an installation, a smaller installation, which was, if you like, a reenactment of a traditional burial ceremony. That work called Family Drama included, um, from memory, I think there were four figures and then a, uh, there was a dog in that work and then a traditional burial platform that was shrouded in paper bark. And in the same way that that work sort of told a bigger narrative, if you like, or um, story about life 
uh, at Boltjam, this uh, exhibit does a similar thing. In particular, it focuses on what in English has become known as a, a dreaming story or a story about the creation um, of the land on which Bob and Lena live, but also about the laws of that land and the way in which people and animals live together on country. So people, plants and animals live together on country. Now, in this work, we can see a number of different elements. And the, I suppose the key element is the sun, which you can see behind me. There is also this beautiful work directly behind me, which is actually separate to the, to the installation, but it hangs beautifully in conversation. This work is a spider's web behind me, and that was acquired by the Art Gallery, I think, a couple of years ago, last year, year before. Gloria's just nodding. But this work here, we can see the sun, and um, then we have all these figures around. And the story, very briefly, you can read it in the catalogue. It's been beautifully transcribed by Chloe, who's the current uh, manager up at Manangrita Arts and Culture. But essentially the story is, is such that the, the people, the ancestors, arrived at Boltjam or the area around Boltjam to fish, but the rivers were swollen after the wet season rains and it was, too, it was too dangerous to put the fishnets into the water and to, and to attempt to go fishing. So the ancestors, they decided to beckon to the sun, if you like, through singing and through dance. And we can see the singing and the dance represented in these forms. And they also called out to the I want to say woodham, are they woodham spirits? The fish increasing spirits who we can see on our right here. So the woodham are a very important part of the mythology and are believed to be responsible for the success or otherwise of your catch. So in singing to the sun, they beckoned the sun to dry up the rivers, if you like, so that they could enter the waters and go fishing. And we see that reflected in the beautiful fish trap or the butterfly fish net that you can see here and the carved fish that are swimming and trapped in the net. Now, I'm pretty sure Bob will have carved the fish because Bob certainly is known for his uh, carving prowess. And the sound has actually been turned off with this installation, but I know that it is Bob also who is singing to accompany the work. And the song is the song that relates to the fish increasing story. So the net is, is known as a butterfly net and was used to, if you like, scoop the fish out of the water. But it typically wasn't used on its own. There was also uh, fish fences that were woven and placed into the water to funnel the fish into the traps and all sorts of other barriers that were put into the streams and rivers so that the catch was made much, much easier. Uh, with the catch and when it was abundant, a, mes a message would go out to surrounding groups to let them know that there was fish on hand and that would draw everybody together. 
in this installation we have a little fire. Of course, the fish was used, uh, was cooked on the fire for eating. So I think, you know, we see in this work the way in which, not only the way in which Lena has, you know, evolved her thinking and approach to art making, but also the way in which she has, you know, continues to work very, very closely with her husband, Bob. They married in the late 1970s and have really continued to work very, very closely since then. But additionally, the work, uh, the installation includes work by their daughter, Yolanda Rostron. And Yolanda was born, I think, in 1979 and has learned the weaving skills from Lena, like Lena learned from her mother. And I think it speaks to the wider, um, that passing of knowledge down the generations speaks, of course, to a, a wider theme throughout the entire Tanandi exhibition, Open Hands, which looks specifically in the way in which those knowledges are passed from one generation to another. So I might end there and see if there's any questions. Yes, so I would, yes, I, I would say these are male just in terms of the way they've been clothed and the ceremonial business, if you like, is quite segregated. Um, so there's men's business and women's business. So I can't tell you a lot about this particular ceremony, but based on how, the, how they have been clothed, then I, I, think it's, I think you're right to presume that it's men, yes. I think it's uh, also interesting to reflect on um, just more broadly also um, fibre practice just generally speaking. You know, it wasn't until, I suppose, uh, the late 1990s that um, fibre work by women was shown in, in gallery spaces. You know, up until that time, it was very much conceived as craft and not included um, in, in, I suppose, the fine art exhibitions that we've um, come to know. The focus being, of course, previously on, you know, barks and acrylic paintings on boards and canvas. But I think certainly um, with the involvement of many women in art centres and also um, female academics and curators who have taken a very active interest in woven work, we've seen it um, been you know, elevated and looked at um, through a kind of contemporary lens. But of course, um, the artists themselves play a great role in that and their creativity and inventiveness and I suppose, you know, desire to keep making and reimagining and pushing boundaries is, is paramount um, to being able to kind of understand such work in a, in a kind of contemporary context. And as I said, Lena has always been at the forefront of that with her work. With the art centre, you know, with, with artists working um, out bush, which is what Bob and Lena do, then they, can, they bring their work into the art centre for sale. There's you know, the art centre is quite established and there's opportunities to set things up. And then the art advisor um, typically would, or the manager, the art centre manager would typically document that photograph it, sketch it up, and then be in close contact with Nikki um, to make sure that it's installed how the artists want it to be installed. And obviously then Nikki would bring 
to that conversation, ideas probably around the plinths and the placement in the space, knowing the dimensions of the space, also thinking about lighting and, and the sound and the sound. So I think initially there's a, there's a sort of a laying out, if you like, in the art centre, and then there's a conversation with the curator down here um, who knows the space and can bring further ideas to its execution and display. Thank you. <laughs>